This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Hello, welcome 
to the special Shania Fanboy Show on Thor Ragnarok. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep. <laughs> and our special guest, Hi. Mike Romo. Hey, guys. And we're here to talk about Ooh. Thor Ragnarok, the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe film. There'll be spoilers if you haven't seen it. Pause the show and come back as we talk about it. This is the third Thor film. This is the some, uh, some number Marvel Cinematic Universe film. I think it's like... 26 or some crazy number like that. Uh-huh. I've never thought about adding it up, but just now I thought that's oh, funny. Obscene number. And this is the, the one that serves up the next one, which is Avengers Infinity War. That's yeah. Uh, When's that? Mm, oh, God. May, I think. Really? Yeah, it's spring. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's the, kickoff, the kickoff film for next year. So, this film stars Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, you're, you know, your normal Thor cast, but it adds in. Uh, Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster, Carl Urban as Scourge, and of course, Kate Blanchett as Hela, as well as some other guest stars we'll get to in a minute. Um, this film... <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, 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 you know what I feel like this is? I what? feel like this is a giant-sized Thor. Like in, when you get those big, thick annual comics. Yeah. And it's like with special guest stars, Steven, St- you know, Doctor Strange and the Incredible Hulk. I, I can even see the cover of it. Right. So you know, it's like four it's, annual. It's this wonderful one-off thing. It's tough for me because I really enjoyed the experience of watching it, and I laughed a lot. Yes. And, I, and the, the director yes. was Taika Waititi. I saw the Hunt for the Wilder People. I really loved it a lot. Um, yeah, I, and it's, he brought a really interesting Kiwi sensibility to the film. But it's a film I like less and less the more I think about it. Wow. Kind of like a little scab somewhere. It's important to understand that the Thor, the Thor series of these films is my second favorite after Captain America. And I realize that nobody mm-hmm. else likes mm-hmm. them. No what? one. No, he's right. We did the top five list, Josh, at our yeah. last hangout. And the first Thor was in my top five. I loved The Dark World. I recently just sure. rewatched both of them. This is a pretty big departure. And well, it's fine. I don't, I don't mind... I don't mind that. It's just that I liked the other Thor films, so I would have been fine with the regular Thor film as the third Thor, Thor film. So it's, I it's feel like there are there are different lanes for the Marvel movies. There's kind of like the Captain America films, which you know, like I think we all agree that Winter Soldier is like the best one. It, it's a little bit more serious. It's a little bit more topical. Then yes, there's the Guardians that. of the Galaxy comedy thing, and then there's the ones like Ant Man, which are really fun movies to watch, and then. Then you watch them, and then you're really you're stoked that you did, and you had a great t- you had a great night at the theater, and then uh, you never think about it. And then that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it was see, good. And when somebody mentions Ant Man, you're like, yeah, you should you should totally go see it. I don't own it, but you should totally go see it. I I don't know that I agree with you. Really, I think I I I mean like I mean I I like this each film. one. Each one has yeah, I did too. Each one has its own flavor, but this one doesn't even fall in the Guardians of the Galaxy wacky. This was like. <laughs> This was that like like amped up more See, like Ant Man. This was a Guardians of the Galaxyization of Thor, but it was more successful in my eyes because I thought it was funnier than Guardians of the Galaxy. It was, but also, I mean, like it had problems. So it was super entertaining and it was fine, but it had problems that were fine in this context. But now I'm like, oh, please don't make more like this. For sure, it, it was Basically. structurally. I thought it was a big, not a mess, but like it wasn't a tight story. It felt. The reason why I say it's a Guardians of the Galaxyization of Thor is because it felt more like a series of gags than it was uh-huh. a, st- a story, well, which is what I, the, my, was, I mean, my problems with Guardians of the Galaxy films are. There were three acts, you know, like it, it did its thing and it was fine. I, to me, when I say the, the wacky part, it's basically like the gags were funny. It was the, um, I'm trying to think of, it was like making Will Ferrell's Anchorman character mm-hmm. the voice of everybody. Hmm. 
You know, at first right. I thought they were going to make Thor kind of silly, and I kind of like that because it's irreverent. Um, and then I was like, oh, Banner's going to talk like that too. Yeah. And then everybody's going to do that. The thing is, the Thor films have always been funny. Yeah. And Thor's always been a kind of, kind of uh, the, the comic relief of the Avengers films, kind of. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't mind that. I, I don't. I just don't – I mean my only fear, my criticism would be that I don't want to see more of it really too much. I don't want to see a whole other movie like this. Like this worked perfectly as it was. Um, if you're going to do a different thing that's different, do a different th- – Ant-Man is that to me. Ant-Man was like we're right. going to do a different thing with this. And that worked really well. I have seen Ant-Man since then. I really liked it. I also don't own it, but I don't buy these just in general. Yeah, like I enjoyed it, but I was like I, a, a less enjoyable version of this would hate it. Like if it was just well, a little let, bit less funny. Well, let's talk about the movie. Let's talk yeah. about the story. Because I had not seen the first two films in a very, very long time. I'd completely forgotten how he ended up in the spaceship. When I saw the trailer, I thought we were talking about Planet Hulk for a bit. Well, we were. Is that the real Planet Hulk? I just, well, I, I mean, it, they, they took, they took a while since I read that. They took the very basic structure of Planet, yeah. of Planet Hulk and they did that as, as the second act. So the, the two things that happened were at the end of Thor the Dark World... Loki faked his death, and he went back to Asgard, and he he assumed a throne, pretending to be Odin. We don't we didn't know how he got rid of Odin. And then at the end of Avengers: Age of Ultron, which I didn't really remember, they I guess the Hulk took off. They, they they put the Hulk in the ship and sent him away. I don't remember why. He took off. Well, I I thought like they he, threw him he out. had wrecked something, and then he took the ship, uh, and and like went off on his own. And then Black Widow was trying to get him back, and he shut off the communicator and flew away. He didn't trust himself around anybody, so that was the thing. Okay, oh. so I didn't remember that very much. So we find uh, Thor. So it opens with Asgard, where Loki, well, Thor fights Surtur, and that comes back to haunt us later on. V- voiced by your your buddy uh, Clancy, I'm like, yeah, Surtur. So Thor fights Surtur. Loki is running Asgard as as um, as Odin. Cameo by Matt Damon and Sam Neill as the actors portraying them in the in the. Uh, <laughs> And another helmet. That got a lot of laughs in the theater that I was. I had a good audience that was cheering and clapping, and people were really laughing hard at that little theater scene. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, so Thor <laughs> comes back, realizes very, very, very quickly that Odin is not Odin, and he's actually Loki. And he is. Uh, they they go back to talk to Odin, who is now in Norway, sort of uh, wandering the land. Green screen Norway, like Kane. Yeah, really, really rough green screen Norway, and it was then. Tough. Uh, they they he he reveals that their older sister Hela is now coming back and Ragnarok is is about to happen and they go back to confront her but in the course of that both Thor and Loki get sent off uh, through a broken rainbow bridge and they both end up on I guess what's the planet called Scar or well, they get they get knocked oh, off of the rainbow bridge right. and then yeah Scar something Sikar. like that. That's where they run into the collector who holds the contest of champions, and that the, the champion currently is, is Hulk, who was also uh, ended up there because this is a planet in which the things that are lost in the universe end up. So then the whole second act is Thor fighting in the contest of champions against the Hulk, and then they break out along with my favorite character, Korg, voiced by Taika Waititi, the uh, the rock yeah. the rock gladiator, and <laughs> Murray, and everybody. <laughs> And then uh, they end up going back to Asgard with their little group, including Valkyrie, played by Tessa Thompson from Creed, who was terrific, and uh, form a little group to go back and fight Hela back at uh, Asgard. So, yeah. I have some I have some notes here yes. that okay. I that I have remembered to speak about, and they they largely concern. I think the reason that this worked um, is that what you really had was a a stellar cast, 
several of those people are unable to do anything but be themselves, Goldblum. Um, but it, it was okay. <laughs> I this, loved, and, and I also, loved him like, in this. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And you, you totally it, – it, they. I feel like everything else had to be wacky for that to work. You'd be like, what the hell is this? I mean, right away, we're going to talk about a movie where I get a scene that – I guess, listen to me. Uh, you get uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Idris Elba, and Mark Ruffalo. Right. And, I mean, that's that's too much handsome for the screen to take. <laughs> it's it's absurd. Uh, you've got that. Kate Blanchett was amazing. Yeah. I mean, she's the only one who played it 100% straight to the vest, like, villain. Uh, she had a couple of jokes, I think, about it. But either way, uh, you know, right up, I was like, she's she looks awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. she just really was – I was like, she's too good to be doing this movie, but thank goodness she is. She's, she's great. Carl Urban is – I don't know. Like, he's an underutilized human yeah, uh, sure. in the acting world. For sure. Uh, he, he just can't seem to get that, that lead role that he, he should have. Um, so it seemed kind of like, like, well, he's, you know, he was really good in that role, but it was sort of a silly role. There was another thing. Oh, his, oh his and Tessa turn, Thompson. His, his who, turn at the end was great, though. I, I know. I've, I've fallen in love with Tessa Thompson in everything I've ever seen her in. Yeah. And, and she's never the same in any of them. I mean, like the first time I, I think the first thing I saw her was Dear White People, and then she showed up in uh, uh, Westworld, and right. um, and and she's just always completely different, which is hard to, yeah. And then in Creed, also, she's great. She's the, really great. The only criticism I had was that her accent came and went. Yeah, I, uh, so did Thor's. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I think Kate Blanche's character worked really well because it was Taika Waititi directing it, because I think he sort of embraced the absurdity. I don't think she would have had that crazy helmet in the first two films. You know, they don't like. Yeah, putting well, the characters in those crazy uh, Norse helmets, but um, I think her, the helmet did a lot of the work for that character because it looked so strange and intimidating. That brings up the the final point that I have in in why this worked, and this is maybe very specific to me, or at least people of our specific subgenre. There was Kirby all all over, over it. Yeah, there was the patterns, the drawings, the robots, the face masks on the robot, the Hella's you know completely yeah. unadulterated Kirby costuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it look at the background. Ed- some of the I helmets some- that people were wearing. It was yeah. just, one guy yeah. was just wearing a triangular hat that had a bunch of holes in it. I was like, "This yep. is incredible!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had some dipshits behind me, um, and it gets over. I just go, "Where are those drawings? That was what was the influence of that?" And the, the girl with him goes, oh, "The '80s," and I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I, 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 like they have very I short memory. Stand up, like it's all Jack Kirby. They're not wrong with the 80s influence, though. I think that's something we're seeing a lot more coming out of Hollywood now. It's a lot of filmmakers who come of age in the 80s. This is a, I mean, the, the synth soundtrack was very sure. 80s, which I actually really love. I really love the soundtrack. It, and, and it is, and that's fine. Like, visually, though, so much of a game for Kirby. And to be honest, if you had to think of a soundtrack to go with those Kirby drawings, that's what it would sound like. Right. It just happened that it came from that time. And I think that there was a, a self-awareness when using that stuff that made it work, too, if that makes sense. To, yeah. It wasn't just random. Well, Mike, you liked it. What are your what were your overall thoughts on the movie? Oh, you know, I was, you know, I'm one of the. I didn't. I saw the one trailer, and I, I mean, I, I liked how they used the music. I, I was talking to our friend Chris Albrecht, and he thought that they did blow most of the music budget on that Zeppelin track because that <laughs> came and went throughout the thing. But I was actually, it was weird. I, I have such an ambivalent relationship with this, the Doctor Strange movie, but I was really stoked to see him. It kind of made me want to see the uh, a movie about the new Avengers for some reason. I just remember. Right. I love that book. You know, I love the Hulk, you know, and watching him having kind of his sort of bachelor pad and like it was just so silly, the middle part. I like but, the, 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 the the trading on the the fact that there have been different Hulks. So yeah. I didn't have to say, hey, this Hulk is different than the movie one because I know, oh, you can change the Hulk around and he's interesting. It's just yeah. like Batman. Yeah. 
and I and actually really just sort of skipping ahead when he was going back to becoming Banner, I really loved that treatment of it. How the two you really saw saw the two sides fighting each other. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just shrinking and growing. It was actually slamming between one one persona and the next and i thought that was really sort of surprisingly emotional in a way but it was an interesting it was a nice it reminded me of this sort of pause in the first avengers film where there was all this stuff and then they kind of hung out for a bit and then all this stuff happened again and i kind of like taking a breather i thought the dialogue and the script was a lot a ton of fun there was even a line that Hemsworth said that was like he says something about something being the worst was which is exactly what he said when they were talking about his son's name in Star Trek. It was like, oh, that would be the worst, and it made me really. It just I just love this character so much, and it made me want to go home and and watch a uh, Rush again for those of you who haven't seen it. That is not streaming anywhere, and I look for it all the time. I, yeah, you gotta, I, I bought it. It's just yeah, it's, I, I, I it's so worth buying. If you if you haven't seen it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's basically Thor. In uh, Formula One racing in the sixties and seventies, and it's beyond. It's more than just that, but it's a great film. Well, it was the, um, it was the answer to like, well, maybe maybe Ron Howard hasn't done anything great in a while. What about Rush? Oh right, oh right. But no one um, watched it. But it was really interesting when Idris Elba came up. Uh, people cheered. Yeah, and it's funny because I just I didn't really realize that people cared enough about these movies to cheer when a character came on and it made me realize that there are a lot of fans for these films and i really liked it i i was completely ambivalent going in because there had been so much time between the two films and i wasn't a fan of age of ultron but i just loved thor so much i, I was never bored i thought the editing was really good i thought the shots were nice the only thing that really distracted me truly was sort of the the green screen silliness when odin was talking to his sons even though i liked the scenes pretty yeah. much. Um, and it was fun to see Thor sort of mature and become, you know, whatever growth we're going to see in his character. Well, he's basically it is just such Odin a strange now. film. Yeah. yeah it, it just, I just, where it fits is so strange. I mean, is that, is, is that dark side ship? I don't, at the very end, you mean I just, <laughs> Thanos, I don't know. Oh yeah. Obviously not dark side. Wait, who are the people on the building? There's, you know, the big heads. What do you, what Did you guys see that? When, uh, in the big apartment building, and they had the big heads on the outside. The Hulk was the top one. Oh, you mean oh, the who who the, like the, the like the Mount Rushmore and Scott? Yeah, Star, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought there were champions. other other champions. Oh, I thought I thought yeah, there might have been some little. There might have been comic references, not, but I didn't. They, yeah, they were on so quickly that I didn't really yeah. absorb who they were. Yeah, I just assumed they were the champion heads. Yeah, I mean it's tough because I did really have fun, and it's a really funny, genuinely funny movie. And I love that sensibility and that sense of humor. You know, Taika Waititi came up with the Flight of the Concords guys. He did a bunch of those episodes, and I thought his character was was really funny. It just it was, you know, it's, 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 weird, that, it's weird that it comes out it came out in November, right, or October. It should, this is like I think a perfect summer film. I mean, maybe obviously scheduling whatever, whatever. But like for me, it's the kind of film that. If when I get out of it, I expect it to still be daytime because I just saw it at a matinee I, and had a blast. I think they didn't know. I think it's like same thing with Deadpool. Like they just didn't know. And the reason I think why they went so left field with this one is because the Thor films haven't been relatively popular. I mean, it's crazy to say yeah, that they, movies that make seven hundred million dollars, but they're not making a billion dollars. <laughs> they didn't have a they didn't have a stylistic impact. And they so, didn't really have a style. And so they. A, they could do this with the third film because, you know, it's different than doing this to say, like, Captain America. And B, they could, you know, it's in November because they don't know if people are going to go see it again. Because it's, like right. like Josh said, it's it's not, you know, it's not Spider-Man, it's not Captain America. I think this is probably going to be a surprise for most people. I think it's a surprise how well-received it is considering the uh, 
you know the, the risk they took with it. Well, they're timing it right because there's like we were talking about Connor the other day. What there's movies nothing, are there to see? There's nothing to see yeah. right now. Yeah, and it's super fun. It's the a last fun movie time. I saw was Blade Runner, and I was like, oh, thank God for this Thor movie. <laughs> yeah, that was that was. That was that three was weeks also ago. The last right? movie I saw. Yeah. I'm not sure it's not still running. I, I, I know I left it one. We're not going to get derailed <laughs> on a Blade Runner debate. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get started. But it, I mean, but it was also tough. Like, you know, they did away with a lot of the sort of Thor tenants. You know, the, the Warriors 3 are dispatched rather offhandedly. Offhand, yeah. I, I felt like they spent less time on screen than they did in, in the costume trailer. Hogan had a moment. Hogan got more because Hogan was hardly in the second one because the, the actor couldn't couldn't do it very much so he got to have his his more of a stand but like the first two guys Volstag and not Green Arrow they, they, they died under 10 seconds that's sad I was fine with it. and it's someone who loves that those characters <laughs> in that world for the first two films that was a little tough I really liked the scenes with Odin you know Anthony Hopkins can't help but have gravitas yeah and losing him is tough you know the comic book arc currently happening is Thor becoming Odin so that's what they're doing here you know he loses his eye he's now the king of Asgard I think that 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 works. The I also I, I think um, speaking of Odin, I really like the change that like we see his past. Yes, like she cracks away yeah, the ceiling. Cool. You see, he was a conqueror, and then he decided not to be, and so like it's his fault. It always goes back, and there's a real ambiguity to the morality of that character, and there always has been. Yes, um, and then they did the same thing with Loki a lot, which I really like because you keep like everyone's probably like I kind of like him. He looks yeah. awesome in that suit. Oh, yeah, he was the bad guy in the other movie. Oh, it's funny that he's scared of the Hulk. Is he going to be a bad guy? Oh, he's being a bad guy. No, he's kind of right. being a good guy. You never know. And that is what is so great about that character, but it is so hard to do well. I'm glad you brought that up because it was one of those things like, are they friends? Are they enemies? And then I realized, oh, Brothers. this is just this is the perfect r- relationship. This is exactly how two gods would be, Loki and Thor, where you want to see them together, but they're doomed to always be at odds. And then they're arguing about how they're never going to see, they're talking about how they're never going to see each other again. And then they do that, the trick where it was, please help me. And he, they, he throws Loki <laughs> at the people. I, this, this, it was, that stuff was really funny and very touching at the same time. It's, um, it's a brother relationship. Like yeah. they love and hate each other. Yeah. And, and, and it's not always that Thor is the good guy. Yeah. Like you've always got this moment of doubt to it, which is, which is really strong storytelling. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know where it's, I fall with this one. I'm, you you're know, really struggling I'm here. struggling with it. I like it. I liked it. It's just... You, you sound know. like me. Where I was yeah. just like, I, I think it bugs me in a bunch of ways, but I don't care because I had fun. It, basically, yeah. that's where I was. And I was looking forward to it. I actually had seen the trailer, and I'm so bored of superhero movies at this point. For sure. But I was like, well, this one looks nutty. And I didn't know that it was Takeaway TD, which was a risk. It's a big risk. Uh, but it paid off because I really liked that sensibility. I mean, basically, you had little bits of Flight to the Flight of the Concord in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. you did, I did. I did uh, like that he got to use two of his three leads from Hunt for the Wilder People. Sam Neill was at the cameo, and then yeah. uh, Rachel House played Topaz, Grandmaster's right hand woman. Oh, right. oh she right, was right, also right. Hayden uh, Wilder People. I liked that he got to use a lot of. There was a lot of New Zealand actors in it, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. I love the female characters in this, just in terms of I, both on the good. You know, obviously Blanchett was amazing, but uh, the girl she from Westworld, whose name. But Blanchett was she just owned it so hard, yep. and it's like 100%. to make a hat, to make a helmet like that, and that transition when she actually forms it and then gets her powers. She she had that easy sort of silkiness to it that was just uh, she, you couldn't take her, your eyes off her. She was yeah. incredible, and if she hadn't been so committed to it, it would have all fallen apart. She had to be the heavy there. Well, I mean, you know, it was basically evil Galadriel, so it wasn't super hard. 
<laughs> I'd seen that. I, I mean, I've, if I had a, a Tessa Thompson's arc wasn't all that good or interesting. It was like she had to go through it, everything, but it was the story wasn't really right. about her, so she didn't really have time for that thing. I mean, again, like there wasn't there wasn't enough room for them to be you know do everything they do. I think, but yeah, that, that's why I think I had problems structurally. I think a lot of things sure. just sort of happened. It was a ton sure. of stuff. Sure, and, and but that is, does that falls within the comic book story idiom, though. Like it, it doesn't doesn't not ring when i when i then compare it to the stories that this stuff's based on i was like yeah that's about right it just feels like a big comic book it does, it, there isn't this sort of editorial continuity between all the scenes it's like a lot of stuff slammed together but as a whole it's one of those comics that you keep around for a while throughout the summer it just it's just this big <laughs> big juicy double-sized issue i think benedict cumberbatch doctor strange is terrible you hate him. Uh, if you think back to how utterly forgettable and boring that movie oh, was. Oh man, that was really. When dumb. he showed up and like, like, oh, he doesn't sound like I want him to. Like the, <laughs> the 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 mechanisms of like how he did his magic and his place and that whole scene, his attitude, everything was good. But like, I just I just saw Benedict Cumberbatch in a weird costume. I wish they just let him use his accent. She, totally. Because I, sure. I think I think it's distracting that he's doing an American accent. As yeah. his accent, it's very Midwestern. It doesn't sound right. And it's very flat, so he can't, it's harder to yep. emote. And he just looks so British. And so... <laughs> I or think alien. He, either yeah, one. I just think it would have been would have been more interesting for the characters to let him have the accent. But I like him. I like him as Doctor Strange. I just, the movie was boring. But I like that sequence. I thought it was fun. I yeah, I thought I mean, the sequence was yeah. fun. Whenever Thor is not able to stand stoutly with his hands on his hips, it's always funnier. You know, he's always when he's off his when he's completely off balance, literally in, in that sense. Um, it's always you know, uh, when he was in a Hulk's bedroom and he tried to put his hand on the shelving, but there was no real great place to put his hand, and then he just sort of folded his hands. Like I'm telling you, so that stuff shouldn't have kept working. <laughs> I know, it right? Should have been like, all right, enough. He's well, I get it. He's so he's so handsome yeah. and charismatic that it's so funny when he's completely bewildered and the girls loved the gratuitous topless scene that was hilarious people were dying of laughter and clapping and hooting at the same time it was just him walking around looking for a shirt if i look like that i would never be able to find my shirt i just don't have shirts that <laughs> do that i was looking for an extra shirt at that point <laughs> all right i just need to cover this up more so oh, oh can we just say yeah. uh, the whole hair thing i mean i that was the only thing that seemed really like kind of that felt like a concession to the actor who doesn't want to wear the wig or, anymore. Sure. Yeah. He looks great in both. Yeah, well, he's super handsome, but I think he doesn't look like Thor when he's got the short hair. I don't like it in the comics either. Yeah. I, I don't mind him for a little while as a part of it. Like, he's got a... Yeah. It's I did fine. like that he had... The haircut was really bad. Like, there were, like... Yeah. There were deep cuts in. Like, it wasn't like... Yeah, it was all stretched in, like, incisions where you can see the skin. Just really bad at that job. It's interesting to me that Hemsworth hasn't become more of a leading actor in stuff like there's definitely things that have tried but nothing that really went anywhere rush is like the best example of oh wow he's awesome in this but yeah. like a lot of other strange choices that the black hat movie you know yeah i mean he's, he should be a huge star he also did in the other um the whale movie yeah the whale movie the other ron howard movie it was a good movie in the heart of the sea yeah it was not and that was the worst accent i've ever heard an actor put on in my entire life in a film wow huh it was him trying think? to do a New England accent, but it, in the seventeen hundreds. <laughs> oh jeez! What do you guys think of Ruffalo? Uh, I didn't. I didn't love this take on Hulk. I had a problem. I didn't. I didn't mind the Hulk part. 
I thought I don't like Chatty Hulk in the comics. I never liked Chatty Hulk, so I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I guess I don't mind as the thing they do, but I thought that then if you're going to then go to Banner, I think it made him better. Banner was a little more grounded, yeah, because I think it would have worked nicely in contrast to everything else. He seemed like he was too harried, and that doesn't seem like his thing. Yeah, manic Banner, especially the, the arc he's been through in the other movies, is he's gone to sure. the Zen place, where exactly. he's able to control yeah. everything, and now he's back to being some manic. I mean, I, I get also waking up on a foreign planet might make you more manic, but I thought he didn't seem to be the same banner we saw in the previous films. I agree. I was, he's like him and the you know, the Hulk and, and banner are some of my favorite parts of the Avengers movies. And I was really looking forward to him in this. And it was one of the things that it wasn't bad. It felt a little flat though. I felt like I wanted more out of it. I don't mind the Hulk parts in this. I really, that did not bother me that he was chatty, that he was whatever. Uh, you know, the Hulk got to get more in his own. He got to get really mad for a while, but he wasn't really, you know, the Hulk changes. And that's always fun. You know, Mr. Fix-It or whatever that that. Oh, it totally, it totally works within the context of the character. I just, I never liked sure. Chatty Hulk. So it's not my favorite Hulk. So when he was, you know, it was funny. You know, Petulant Child Hulk was funny. But it was like also <laughs> not my favorite kind of Hulk. I like Hulk Smash. But it was, you know, I like the celebrity Gladiator Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> And it was, you know, it was a little sad because, you know, I don't want to go back to Earth. Earth hates Hulk. Almost day yeah. here. Yeah. And I couldn't decide if I wanted more of the Planet Hulk story or, you know. Yeah. It was the Ragnarok story and the Planet Hulk story in the same movie. And I was like, which one did I want more of? And I couldn't <laughs> figure out which one I wanted. Because every time they'd leave one, I'd go, oh. Right. That's the way it's supposed to feel. That, that's the right thing. That's I call that the. Um, leave them wanting more. Well, who's the the Star Wars the, the Star Wars author that I can't think of right this second? Zahn. The Zahn. Zahn. That's the Zahn effect. When you were reading the Zahn books originally, every time they left one of the places, the people that they were with, you'd be like, oh, and then you'd get really. That's that's the book that I always think of with that effect. You're like, oh, I know, I was really enjoying that story. Oh, this is interesting too. We're over to Mara Jade. Oh, we're to Thrawn. Like. But every time you stop the one, you go to the other. You know what's interesting is that is that people are going to talk about how funny this is and whatever. I thought mm-hmm. the fighting in the comic book action sequences uh, were really, really strong. I thought the that that sort of comic book fight action stuff was kind of huge. I really like stuff where your scale is way off. So when you have Thor fighting something that's really gigantic or when Hulk jumps at the huge searcher and starts to hit him. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. You don't that was get funny. that a lot. Yeah. We got it in comic books for years, but it's never really been a thing they've been able to do really well with CGI. And this was a thing where it did it really well. I like the idea of a giant thing versus a small thing, but the small thing is also strong. It makes a great dynamic visual. And there was a lot of that, which is what Asgard should be. Asgard, if anything, should be more magical and magisterial and everything and so that we approach that a lot more in this one i felt there's like a lot a lot more scale stuff i love the uh there's an old old japanese animation film macross do you remember love and the there's a whole projection concert sequence and when jeff goldblum's character comes up with that huge hologram it really reminded me of that and i actually liked the fighting because the scenes were well balanced they didn't go on dc yeah. length and they were they were just enough. They got they got, the stakes were high. You felt the crunch, and then the the fights were over. And so they they helped propel it, but they didn't seem like dead weight, mm-hmm. which is which is a, apparently quite the trick. These well, days. also like you would have Thor go up against they, I, Thor did it and Hela did it. I think it happened a few times where they went up against a lot of different people at once. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I was actually directed in such a way that it made sense. Like you saw him go through all of the different people. Instead of, you know, normally it looks like a dude waiting in line. Like if you right. think of like the Marvel hallway fights or something like that, it just 
felt like a like a guy who was much stronger and more powerful, you know, going against all these people, even though it was a bit challenging. Uh, it had a sequence to it. It had a, a sequence of events. I like that. So the movie ends and Odin's dead. Thor's missing an eye. He's got an eye patch. Searcher is destroyed. Asgard and all the Asgardians who didn't die are in a spaceship with Thor and Hulk. Who else was on there? Was Loki on there? Yeah. Loki must yeah. have been on there. Loki and then... Uh, Scourge. Lady. Korg. The Scourge. Yeah. Scourge. <laughs> Scourge died. He went back. He went back to fight. Oh, that's right. He did. You're right. I forgot. And then, so then they're 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 flying off to find new. I thought they were going to all go to Earth, you know, as per the comic storyline, and, and restart Asgard on in Norway or whatever. Oh, right. Or in Kansas. In the post credit sequence or the mid credit sequence, they are flying off and they encounter a giant ship, which I don't know what that means. I didn't right. I think it was from Star Trek. I think it was Eric Bana's ship from there. <laughs> I, I assume that's the That would have been real meta, though. That would be fantastic. There was a lot of that. Him sitting on that chair. Yeah, for sure. I was like, that's, uh, that's Kirk. I like that a lot. <laughs> I assume that's Thanos' ship, but we'll uh, we'll see. Thanos. That's what I thought. Thanos. Not Darcy. And then the final... Se- I would have been happy with more, way more Jeff Goldblum, so the final sequence I liked. I enjoyed quite a bit. In which, uh, it's the, a tie. The Grandmaster... Comes out of his ship in the middle of the revolution on his planet and, like the best con artist, manages to turn it around and say, I was a big part of this revolution. You couldn't have yeah. a revolution without somebody to revolt against. So I'd like to thank we all did a great job. Pat in the back. I kept loving those girls and that they were often in the background with sort of the Dr. Seuss haircuts where they had their hair was like a little fro and they had a, a little straight up line and then a, a sphere of hair. <laughs> Again, and more Kirby hairstyles. I want all of that for Halloween next year. That, <laughs> it was so cool. That little society, everywhere you looked during those scenes, there was something in the background that was just so pleasing, not unlike those pages. It would be really fun to go through and just sort of look at that, those costumes and that makeup because th- there was some really great work in, that, uh, in those sequences. That's Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, we bring you around it all, Connor. Well, I mean, I I, I enjoy I enjoyed <laughs> the experience of it, and there are things about it I really liked, so I do appreciate those things. I'll I'll probably watch it one more time to see how I feel, but I can't imagine watching it as often as I do the other Thor films. So. You watch them often? What is it like? Yeah. It's Thursday. Sit down. <laughs> yeah, Thursday. Well, a couple times a year. Huh. All right. Yeah. Like when I you're have like, not when you're cooking. Thought about <laughs> like a Thursday night. I mean, like a Saturday night. Let's watch Thor. Now, Thursday night. Yeah. Gotta use it again. Well, we'll see. We'll see how I feel. I, I Keep going for it. I would have liked... It's always the next day. It's I would have been happy with a full, straight-up Ragnarok war in, in Asgard. But that's not what they did. That's fine. So, uh, ratings for Thor. Rating. Ragnarok. Rating. Out of five. Ratings. Out of five? Oh, good. Okay. I'm going to give it a, uh, a 3.5. Oh, jeez. God. That's a pretty good score for someone who... Is it? Sure if he liked it. The point five is, is for Goldblum. Wow. Okay. I'm going to give it a solid four. Absolutely. As am I. As am I. I'm going with a four also. I, I could go higher, but I think that it's. I think it, that's going to take a little time. Yeah, I agree. A little perspective. I think that you're going to see, uh, and you're already starting to, you're starting to see rapid, uh, like some people loved it. You, obviously, you've got to go, this is the best thing ever this yeah. week. And then yeah, a yeah. bunch of people are like, I, I hated it. I don't know how it will wear over time. Uh, my only concern is that what you said earlier, Josh, is that if this is a huge success, which is, is looking like it is, suddenly all the movies aren't like this. Yeah, but but what can you do? Well, I guess I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy already has that kind of. It's already like Guardians of the Galaxy is already like yeah. this, but I'm worried that oh. the, the success of those films means you know wacky cap or. I liked Guardians of the Galaxy, both of them, a lot more than you did. Though. Yeah, I didn't so, like them at all. I didn't even see this. I thought it was fun. But I think, I think do you think I this is the last it. Thor film? Probably. Yeah, me too. 
I don't even know. I don't even know what comes next. Like, well, yeah, they're going to exactly. do the um, big Avengers. This is uh, supposedly the big wrap up to all everything. Is this, is this Thanos storyline? And we didn't even mention the fact that the Infinity Gauntlet made a made a cameo appearance in the film. It was a fake one, apparently. Didn't. And that was a cos- was that you not think- a cosmic cube? Is that yeah, that was. A, I think Loki grabbed it. No, that was the Tesseract. Well, it's just the same thing. God damn it! They look exactly the same. The cosmic cube is the Tesseract. They just don't call it the cosmic cube in the movies because it's too silly. Yeah. <laughs> I my feeling is Loki probably grabbed that. That'll come into play later. Yeah, he did. We don't know for sure, but my feeling is that these Infinity War movies are going to wrap up this particular 10-year arc of these movies, and then we'll see what they do going forward after that. I don't think we're going to get, like, Captain America 5 or 4 or whatever. But we don't know. I, I mean, I imagine at some point they're going to start recasting these movies and starting over with something, because Iron Man's 50. We'll what? see. Tony Stark. Saying Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is old. You said Captain America. I said Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. I don't know what you said. That's I'm right. just making things in my head. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know how much longer we go with these. We'll, that's, we'll yeah, see what happens sure. after the, after the event, two part Avengers movies happen. But, but what, get, I mean, what do we got next? We got the Ant Man and Wasp. We got the Black Panther. Black Panther, which seems completely outside of everything, and looks pretty badass. It does. Um, There'll be more Spider Man movies. Will there be? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. For sure. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's done monster business. The kid's overseas. like fourteen. Yeah. They're gonna flog him. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> I think, is he like actually 20? Um, Probably. Might we'll as well be 14 as far as I'm concerned. For sure. So we'll see what the future holds. For us, the future holds in two weeks, Justice League. Oh my God. It's finally coming. The movie that no one is excited about. And then we'll end the year with Star Wars, The Last Jedi. And so we'll talk, be talking about those two films coming up in special edition shows. As always, you can listen to our weekly podcast, The Pick of the Week podcast, where you talk about the week's comics and our various other shows like our Talksplodes and Booksplodes. And until Justice League, I'm Connor. I'm Mike. Gosh. <laughs> I don't know how to do it with you, Mike. I, I don't, don't either. I've done this enough. I, I just I, I I got uncomfortable with the pause. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I got two of you now. <laughs> <laughs>